Good morning from Sugar City Studios in beautiful Savannah, Georgia, the historic district overlooking Johnson Square, North Point of View podcast. Good morning, Walter Kimsey's. How are you, man? I'm really good. How are you? Doing fantastic. All right. So we are sort of clawing our way out of the pandemic, it feels like, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this the mask thing, the vaccination thing, the number of cases dropping, restaurants in New York are opening up. Life seems to sort of being uh, uh, moving back to normal. Mm-hmm. Big question is, and I know people sort of get tired of this phrase, but okay, what's the new normal? What, what things do you see that we've experienced over the last 15 months that are going to stick or diminish, fall away, or what things are just in your mind, just embedded in the way we live right now? Well, a lot of it are little things, right? Going paperless. All those mom and pop truck companies until the pandemic, refusing to giving up using paper systems to to run things, they had to go paperless, you know, because of the coronavirus. That's not going to go backwards. And uh, what we're seeing now is that more and more the transportation industry is actually sharing data and creating platforms that improve supply chain visibility. Now, this was happening before the pandemic, but at a snail's pace. And given all of the you know, effect of the shutdown and reopen, the industries are getting together. Like a good friend of ours, Rick Abelson, who works with the uh, digital Container Shipping Association, DCSA. You know, they've they've worked on standards for for the data and platforms that allow for interoperability. So my system can interact with their system, and that improves my ability to see where my stuff is. And without a crisis, you just sort of don't get around to it, or it's it's just not going to happen. But in crisis mode, you you break down some of those barriers and it's just like, hey, we got to do this. Exactly. Right? You know. I always try to tell people most of the time that that we've seen a lot of companies engage in outsourcing is not during the middle of the of the business cycle. It's during the recessions, because you know if I'm a manager and I've got a, a I'm managing a company, let's say it's a you know a retail company, and my job is to make sure that we have enough stuff on on the shelves, and and we do. And then you come to me and say, you know, Walter, I could lower your costs by ten percent. Is it is my thing broken? No then I'm not going to fix it because the guy who fixes things or takes the risk to improve things when it's not visible to everybody else is the one who gets in trouble. Right. Because you try something new, you're going to have startup learning issues. You might not have product on the shelves one week. And during the middle of the business cycle, that's just a straight trip to human resources to get a pink slip. You're done. Yeah, you remember I, yesterday you met my daughter at the office yes. during the summer. She was looking at our P and L was on the table. I said, "How do we improve our numbers?" She said, "What's this line item here? Payroll." She said, "Can you get rid of that?" <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, Jimmy, she's obviously smarter than the average bear, but yeah, you look at the the payroll component, mm-hmm. right? It's just sitting there. Whack that by 5%, you look at the numbers, a lot of times you don't look at the lives or the people involved, but you have a technology that comes along, it makes you a better company. Mm -hmm. It's hard not to embed that somewhere in your operations, right? Exactly. So if you're in a recession, 
we're in a recession, you know, we're, we're just struggling to keep our profit margins. And, you know, the, the, the word comes from down upstairs to me, find a way to improve our costs. Now you ask me, I, I've got a way to save you 10%. I've got permission to try it now. Yeah. They, but what if I try to fix it otherwise? And, you know, this, this impacts a lot of people too. I think President Trump was negatively impacted by some people not thinking that some of the things he went after weren't a problem. Right. And in fact, they were. Right. Okay. It's it's hard to be a reformer. You know, uh, they rarely survive more than one term historically. So, and, and not speaking for or against anything is just simply that's how the facts stack up. Yeah. So, so basically, because of the pandemic, things that were festering and waiting for an excuse to happen have happened. One of them was working from home, and from all Huge. the search, yeah. Huge. And it's just not. I don't think it's going back. No, I don't think it is. I, what I think though is, is offices will become conference rooms. Right. And you'll have some working areas for people who are engaged in operations, who physically have to be there for the operation of the firm. They will have to come in. But the other folks, they don't really have to. We're, we're getting better and better at Zoom or Teams or whatever platform you prefer. Yeah. And so I think it's, it's common now. Yeah. I mean, a year ago, I was fighting it. Now it's just like, I don't want to drive across town. Can't we just stink and put this thing up on a Zoom and get, get it over with? Right? Exactly. Even in the same city, you see people doing that. I, but anyway, so so I think a two, three kind of day schedule where people go in the office twice a week or three times a week. You know, the, the one thing that might change, though, is, is managers and companies whose job it is is to babysit the workers to make sure they're doing stuff. Well, you've got the electronic babysitter. Right. Right. You know, the. I sometimes think of the cell phone as a pacifier of crowds. When you have to stand in line, you pull out your cell phone and... Everybody does it. Exactly. So it's, it's like a pacifier to a baby. Yeah. Okay, well, the technology can also be a babysitter. It, you can see when people are getting work done, not getting work done, uh, whether they're available online. So uh, why do we need all of these guys who think they're adding value by you know, harassing people who report to them? So some of that is probably going to change. I think the management structures of firms are going to become different. You said something to me yesterday that really stopped me in my tracks. You said- You oh, said lunch? No. Is that what it was? No, no, lunch would have been great. <laughs> but uh, you said every, a, a manager basically has entrepreneurs. Yeah. They're not workers. Right. That's that, and, and it really made me rethink about the, the organic structure of corporate management in the US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so what you end up with, if you've got a company of 100 people, you got a middle layer of, you know, 10, what you do is you're, you're shifting to maybe 90 pockets of entrepreneurship, right? Which could be explosive in terms of growth when you get people out of that management mindset, and more entrepreneurial. Exactly. I remember when I started working from home years and years ago, it was was quite a fight. You know, I really, you know, there's always this assumption that you're doing it so you can watch TV. And it's, it was never the case with me. I hardly ever watch TV. Yeah, exactly. Well, again, Walter, as I ask a question, I think you're going to take one course. You, you go in a different direction, always bigger perspective, bigger thoughts. That's great, man. Great being with you. Thanks for your time. It's fun. All thanks. right. Thanks, Mark. All right. See you soon. Take care. All right. Thanks from North Point of View. And we'll see you soon. Thanks, everybody.